But yeah, man, people don't know about uh, that real Northeast, man, from the from the 90s, bro. From the 90s. But, uh, next, yeah. I, I grew up right there next to Popeye's. Right next to Popeye's. Yeah, what, the, what they know about uh, the Nike factory store. Right next to <laughs> right, right next to Popeye's, though. Oh, man. I, <laughs> I used to hate going to that store, bro. bro. It was so tight in there, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, it was always packed. It was not big enough. You could barely get through the aisles. You're like walking... In, in between shirts and stuff, you know what I mean? It was just, it was yeah. Hard. I remember just as, as a young kid. What well, crazy thing is, I remember seeing all these, you know, looking like rich, you know, white people going in there. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, at least I thought I, I thought they was rich. And I, me and my brothers, we stood out there. Hey, can I get five dollars? Are you serious? <laughs> yes. My I was dad, hustling. My dad found out what happened. We didn't end up forty bucks. We didn't hustle, panhandling. <laughs> And uh, 40 bucks later, my dad said, go get that money back. I said, there's no way I can get that money back, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> said, Pops, it's not happening. So we took that money and actually uh, so, uh, used it to sell soda. Okay. Yeah, we sold some pop on, a, on our sidewalk. And we used to ring the back doorbell mm-hmm. of that Nike factory. We used to have a doorbell to it. And they mm-hmm. said, hey, do y'all stop ringing that doorbell? We give you some free shoes. Really? I got the Scotty Pippins. Bro, y'all was you hustling for real. <laughs> Dang. Now, did you flip the Scotties? No, I didn't. And then, oh, okay. I did flip okay. the Scotties. All right, man. You got you, you to take your win when you get in. Exactly. I feel you. <laughs> Popeyes. And I used to go on Popeyes and try to get free chicken, too. How'd that work out for you? A couple times, man. One yeah. out of 20 was good. <laughs> hey, man. Y'all wasn't giving up for nothing, bro. No. Y'all going to get something. Oh, that strawberry soda at that time. Ooh. Man. Man. I smell that chicken every day, man. MLK, man. I knew every every neighbor. I knew Big Bill, Little Bill. Man, I knew uh man, it used to be the whole whole neighborhood. Everybody knew each other. Yeah. It was it was it was real cool, man. Yeah. We used to go to Bill's house and he had a nice house and played ball back there. Those are the good old days. Then it's I remember sad, you. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, man. You, you know what thing one thing that sticks out to me, uh, of our little little childhood together mm-hmm. was when you, I think it was after church or after something. Mm-hmm. Your dad took us to that. I don't know if anybody remember Hot Now. Oh yeah, I remember Hot Now, bro. <laughs> Them like how long? It was like, like thirty nine cent thirty nine cent burgers, bro. I remember that. We I went to Hot that. Now, went to the drive through, ate yeah. the hamburger. I was allergic to cheese. I broke out with asthma. Ah, that was bad. Dang, I don't remember you breaking out with asthma, bro. Yeah. Was I in the car with you? No, it was, it was later when I went home. Oh, okay. Kicked in. Yeah. Like, oh, shoot. I knew I, I can't Dang. have cheese. Dang, hot now. That was out there hot by now. Gateway, too. They shut that down real quick. Dang. Yeah, they, <laughs> they put themselves out of business with them prices, bro. Yeah. You can't you can't survive on that. Yeah, plus it was cafeteria food, man. It was bad. It was pretty bad. But what can you expect for 39 cents, bro? Exactly. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, you got water. Yes, sir. He's at my crib. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, I'm at the house that Llewell built, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> But, yeah, I want to welcome y'all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast. It's your boy, Emmanuel Williams. And, uh, yeah, this man that you're hearing is new to the podcast, man. My, my dude, that we, we go way back, like we was talking about, man, back to MLK in the 90s when Northeast Portland was really Northeast Portland, man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Llewell, man, tell us about yourself a little bit. Well, man, I'm a, uh, I say I'm a self-proclaimed entrepreneur, you know. I got my own company building brands, Troy Lou Solutions. Um, I'm also a health advocate, Life 100. <laughs> yeah, let, and, them know, uh, let them know. And also, uh, you know, I'm a family man. I got four boys, four kids, seven, five, uh, three, and nine months. And I've been married to my beautiful wife for about eight years. May 2nd was our anniversary. So we had to celebrate that as we, you know. Man. So, yeah, man, that's eight a little years, bit about bro. me. That's awesome, bro. 
Yeah, I'm five years myself. Five years, man. That's, yeah. that's what's up. I'm trying to trying to get to that eight. <laughs> How y'all? What's what's y'all secret? If if you have one, if you have something to share with the people. Oh man, the struggles that come. Make sure they don't tear you apart, but struggle together, not apart. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's that's one of the things. I tell you that that brought it. It brought us closer, literally. You know. It was trying to the struggle was the struggle was real and try to break us apart, but then uh, we had to make a decision: are we are we for us, you know, or you know, and we both made that decision, and we keep Christ in the middle of our relationship, and uh, yeah, at least we tried to. <laughs> so, Is it ever a point where you felt like <clears throat> I got this, like it just got easy? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, one, one, uh, as you grow in trust and you grow into like, man, mm-hmm. she's, she's a ride or die mm-hmm. and I'm for her. I'm a, I'm a ride or die as well. Yeah. And after this, it's like, cool, whatever disagreement we have, we know, you know, we can overcome it cause we can fight together. So it's, it's, it's much easier now. Marriage is not easy and never is, but it does get easier. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, uh, depends. Yeah. And also one of the things we like talking about in our marriage, we call it hot, honest, open, and transparent. Mm. So we try not to hide nothing from each other, you know, and, you know, stuff like that. So when you're honest and open and transparent, whatever struggle you have with your wife, or, I mean, uh, with, with life in general, mm-hmm. that um, she knows it. Um, you know her struggle, she knows your struggle. And, you know, being transparent, it, you kind of just like learn more about your spouse. Yeah. You know what I mean? You learn about your spouse and... When you're honest, open, transparent, it does make it a little easier because yeah. you can fight together. It's all about fighting together, not fighting apart. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's big, bro. I yeah. think uh, early in marriage, you know, what I mean, you're trying to establish the roles in the household. Yeah, trying to establish your voice as a man. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, let her know who's boss. Exactly. <laughs> like, you, you heard about the, the the submit verse in uh yeah. in the Bible, right? Yeah. Oh, Timothy. Uh, uh yeah. Uh, <laughs> And you're trying to just establish that, and then I learned not too quickly. It took me a while, bro. It took me like two years to realize I see mm-hmm. not the way to go about this marriage thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I learned that uh, I need to show my wife my love by trusting her mm-hmm. and empowering her, mm-hmm. everything got easy. Come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything got easy. Yeah. And so I wasn't trying to be right all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. at the end of the day... You can't always be right, mm-hmm. but you can't be righteous. Yeah. You know that's what I mean? That's real so if, you, if you're if you righteous in everything that you do, you do it the right way, mm-hmm. you may not get the desired result. But she will realize that, mm-hmm. and then she will submit just out of her trusting you. Yeah, that's trust. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's so. Yeah, bro. That's but this up. ain't this ain't a podcast about marriage. No, but, we just, but we dropped them jewels for free. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say one thing: the first four and a half to five years of our marriage was rough. How oh yeah. Did, I, let me give you that. Oh. It took us a while to figure out even our identity. But then, you know, this last three years has been much better. Great. I was about to say, bro, year five just everything just kind of just got. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I figured out everything. <laughs> Almost. I'm still. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say I, you yeah, know, I've arrived. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. like. You know, you just you you know your at five years you know yeah your spouse exactly and she know you mm-hmm. and it ain't no more guesswork yeah so it's like if you got to that point y'all have both decided in your heart we gonna do this yeah you know what I mean yeah. so 
we didn't gonna make it happen. No, we, we are making it happen. Like yeah. it's five years. We in that's this. That's what I'm saying. You in it? Yeah. 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 So that's what's up. Yeah, but that's for free, y'all. Um, that's for free. We got marriage counseling <laughs> seminar coming up. Come on. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot. But yeah, man. So this week, um, we're gonna talk about a topic that I've been wanting to to hop on, bro. And um, mm-hmm. what I was telling you earlier, um, about why millennials are leaving the church. Mm-hmm. Um, or just not even deciding to go, period, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's funny because with Kendrick Lamar's new album, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm talking about it every week. Just because, <laughs> but it's, it's just like, it's so insightful. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the article that I sent you, I came across it like yeah. last week or whatever. And um, it, it talked about some, some good things. And it was, the article was in Relevant Magazine, um, but they got it from another one. I forgot what it was called. But basically it was like Kendrick Lamar, you know, talking about his experience in church as a kid and what he felt was missing, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, what do you from your initial, you know, take on that? What, what do you what do you think about that? Um, my initial take was like, wow, Kendrick's speaking on the church. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I hold weight is because he's not churchy and he's not, you know, we don't know, you know, just who he is. You know what I mean? And uh, but at the same time, he spoke on it, and what he spoke on it was kind of insightful mm-hmm. because he has experience as a child, right? In church, he remembered the sermons, he remembered the st- stylistic ways of the sermons, and all that type of stuff. But my initial thought was like, what Kendrick Lamar speaking on the church for? But then when I read the article, I was like, he has a point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, and uh, anybody should be allowed to have a voice anyway, regardless. Oh, yeah. But um. My initial thought was like he has a point, and uh, yeah, he has a point in what he's saying. I have I've been thinking about this topic for for a long time in general, and what I do want to say is that uh, to specify what Kendrick Lamar is talking about, he's not talking about just any old church. He's talking about the black church. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the black culture church, mm-hmm. at least from the quotes that he was saying about the type of sermons that was spoke. It's like it's one sided. And he talks to talk about how it was watered down, mm-hmm. which I I I have uh, discussed that and I thought about that and I observed that throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, that's my initial thoughts. For sure, yeah. yeah. All right, man. So, but so I think the reason why he speaks on it because actually, I mean, that's what he's been doing since the beginning. Maybe not his first album, but mm-hmm. like more like Good Kid. Mm. You know, he was a self professing Christian oh. at that time. Okay. Um, now he's kind of like veered off into the Hebrew Israel, Israelite. Yeah. yeah. So I think, him. so basically he's on a journey, mm-hmm. but um, he's speaking on it because, you know, these are things that he's wrestling with. So mm-hmm. um, I admire him for at least taking the time yeah, to study exactly. and come to some type of conclusion. And he said he studied. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. So let's, let's, let's just hop into it. So, um, Part of the a part I'm gonna hop into is just basically his quotes. Um, so we'll just read and react. Yeah. So let's see here. So Kendrick said, I went to a local church some time ago and it appalled me that the same program was in practice. A program that I had seen as a kid a few times when I was in service. Praise, dance, worship, which was beautiful. Um, and then the pastor spewing the idea of someone's season is approaching. The idea of hope. Mm-hmm. That's not much. 
No, it says a lot. But it says a lot. Yeah. It says a lot. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about him as an adult. Mm-hmm. He's coming to church and ain't nothing changed. Ain't nothing changed. And and I think that's part of his like, what what's going on here? Why yeah. ain't nothing changed? It's the same where's, thing. Where's the progress Yeah, at? the progress at. Yeah. And I think his concern was like, okay, you guys still spilling out this stuff, mm-hmm. this style of message, but... Not only did the message not change, but it's not changing people or like the community. Mm-hmm. What's he seeing? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's I I can assume that's what his his position was, his yeah. heart was like, yeah. you know. So, what do you think about that? So, man, when I hear somebody talk about yo season this, oh come on now, and yo season that, oh man, and Laurie seasoning said. <laughs> And you're going to have a breakthrough. Oh, man. And I'm just like... I got a lot to say about that, by the way. But I'm yeah. like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. What season? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, can you define it for me? Because I don't know what it is. Yeah. You, you're not being specific. No. It's so general. It's so broad. But it, like, it appeals to you, to you as a person. Like, yeah. all right. It's like... Specifically the black people. The black church. Nah, I wouldn't... You think it's just a black church thing? When it, when it, the, that, that, the season, the, the breakthrough. Season, hardest, I don't know, man. Joe, Joe Olstein is. Yeah, that's is, true. He's yeah, he is. He is. He's on championing it. that, bro. Yeah. Israel Halton, like he's the worship leader for Joe Olstein. His whole album was Lord of the Breakthrough yeah. and Season yeah. and Season Harvest Breakthrough. Harvest Breakthrough. I think it's universal, and, but I believe it did. It did like uh, that was the message of the black church, though. Not the historically back in the day, but I'm talking about the more modern day mm-hmm. black church. It was that. Okay. It, it, I, I, honestly, I can't. I can't speak because I haven't really, other than Joel, which Joel's church when yeah. I was in Houston, like it's probably still the same way. It was very multi ethnic. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's ten thousand people every Sunday, yeah. so it's like everybody. In Houston as well. Yeah, man. So um, it was. It was. Used to go there. I went there a few times wow. when I was in school down there. So. Mm-hmm. I mainly went to um, Willer Avenue Baptist Church, which is like right in the heart of Third Ward, like right in the hood, right mm-hmm. across the street from my school. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I wanted to experience everything. So I yeah. went there a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It was cool. And now I'm just speaking to dude that's that that most of most of my I've been in a white church. OK. Predominantly. I don't know what you call it, evangelical, you know, church. And that term uh, just kills me. Bro. I know. I, I, don't, I don't get what you know, I don't, I don't even know what that means, but. Um, it's just categorization. Cat- yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah. Means, it means white. <laughs> yeah, white. Okay. Because <laughs> they won't call it, even though the word evangelical uh-huh. has nothing to do with the style of church. Yeah, that's what Just I like uh, they say, Christian music is white and gospel is black in uh-huh. the music business. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm tired much. of that too. Yeah, but that's. Craig says something about that too. Yep. Anyway, mm-hmm. but um, uh, the reason why I say the black church is because obviously you watch TV and you're going to hear that style. Yeah. From uh, And I'll I tell you what though, when you talk about a new season, and uh, breakthrough mm-hmm. and harvest. I tell you what, um, Miles Monroe said, "Man, an oppressed people like black folks. We black, you know, historically we've been oppressed, and even now we're oppressed, and uh, because of generational things and stuff like that, and where we position in the in the black communities. But I tell you, we want to hear our season is coming. Mm-hmm. We want to hear a breakthrough mm-hmm. because we are all we were all victims to." Uh, the Willie Lynch syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We all are. You know, fatherlessness is huge in the black community. Mm-hmm. You know, so it it uh, creates a perpetual cycle of just you know disorder in the home, 
and uh, it's definitely a generalization over inner city black folks, but it's it's definitely it's definitely a thing, and I think a lot of people, a lot of ministers, did rise up and sort of uh, cap uh, what do you call it capitalized off mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. This is what the people want to hear. Mm-hmm. And this is what pe- this is what sells our crowd. This is what this is what makes them so a a seed offering. Mm. You know, this is what this is how you increase it. If you sell, if you dangle this carrot mm. over them, if you dangle this carrot, they will keep coming back. Cause why? Wow, we need hope. We need inspiration. We trying to make it the the next week. We trying to. We got single moms. You know, we got you know all kinds of different you know issues and the traumas from our uh, crazy. So you saying the season and the breakthrough preaching mm-hmm. is an indication mm-hmm. of someone. Hustling hope. Yeah, selling hope. Selling hope. Mm-hmm. And I think Kendrick Lamar saw that. Mm-hmm. And he sees, he's like, they still talking about this? Season, harvest, breakthrough? They're not talking about the real issues, what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not talking about taking responsibility and uh, empowering them with tools, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, to overcome, you know, and deal with the responsibilities of their mistakes, but just promising season, harvest, breakthrough. Now, I've never really. Other than me, like being annoyed by, it, I've never really mm-hmm. searched for that part of mm-hmm. the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything in the New Testament that mm-hmm. speaks to the season, harvest, and breakthrough? No. Okay. You know, I'm just being real. They, no, I feel like, you. I mean, I, I haven't seen it, but I don't know everything. No, you know me, I mean? me either. I, I love the scriptures. Yeah. I love the Word of God. I yeah. like Old New Testament. Mm-hmm. It's it's. It, I, I didn't see anything about Paul. Didn't say anything about your season is coming. Mm-hmm. Your harvest is coming. Yeah. Breakthrough. He talked about Jesus already came, you know, 2000. You know, we. I'm saying now, 2000 years ago, our breakthrough right. Jesus came. Right. You know, and uh, the harvest is people, you know. So, but yeah. Man, you preaching, brother. I see. <laughs> I so, never, never heard. <laughs> so, from that point, um, and then the, the writer of the article says, um, he then seems to suggest that this modern uh, modern preaching style is missing something. So Kendrick says, as a child, I always felt that this sermon had uh, an empty, an emptiness about it, kind of one sided in what I felt was and what I felt in my heart. Um, so after being heavily in my studies these past few years, I finally figured out why I left those services feeling spiritually unsatisfied as a child. Um, I discovered more truth, but simple truth. Our God is a loving God. Yes. He's a merciful God, yes, but he's even more so a God of discipline, uh, obedience, and a jealous God. And for every conscious choice of sin will be corrected through his discipline, whether physical or mental, direct or indirect, through your sufferings or someone that's uh, close to kin, it will be corrected. That's definitely theological debate right there. Yeah, so... The first part, mm-hmm. I get it. You know, what yeah. I mean? he left feeling unsatisfied because it just seemed a little watered down. Mm-hmm. He did his studying. Mm-hmm. He was searching for truth because he wasn't getting that with the harvest and breakthrough. Breakthrough. There was no truth in that. Yeah, there was no meat or substance in that. Mm-hmm. So he learned about the basic things of God as far as him being merciful, being a God of discipline, God of obedience, a jealous God. Um, but then he talks about the correcting of sin through discipline. Mm-hmm. And he talk about like uh, uh, what he's saying. Basically, they're not preaching the full the full character of God. Right. They're only preaching one side of God. Right. The nice, cool. 
He's looking out for you. He's trying to give you a breakthrough. He's trying to give you your season. He's, you know, the God that sells. The God that, you know. The God that sells. Yeah, you know. Ooh. You know, I got a thing I'm writing called The God That Doesn't Exist. And hmm. um, it's, 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 it's preaching in sermons like this um, that people are looking towards this God, this mm-hmm. season harvest God, this breakthrough God. And then when the season harvest or breakthrough don't come through, they're mad at this God, but he don't even exist. And you disappointed, and it's like, wow, that's not me who they talking about. Mm. You know what I mean? So, and uh, I see what he's saying. He's not talking about the God of he in Hebrews twelve. He talks about I love you and I discipline you. Mm-hmm. If uh, if you my child and if I love you, I, I'm gonna discipline you. But it's not my if he ain't gonna bring sickness on you that sometimes or death on you. I believe that God doesn't. He's not the author of sickness or as a firm, as a as a uh, what are you as a it's something to discipline somebody. I believe that the consequences of, of sin in a fallen state of humanity creates this um, quote unquote discipline. We can learn from it, but mm-hmm. but uh, he does discipline in the ways of like you know the choices we make. He'd tell us, hey, this is the reason why this happened. This right. is, you know stuff like that. But um, but yeah, that's what I'm getting. At least I mean that's what I, I see. I see that he's not. It, that's that that. I think Kendrick Lamar having trouble with like, come on, y'all. People, people need more. They mm-hmm. need, they need the full God. They need, they need the God as discipline. The, God, the Father, God of, He is a God of judgment. We mm-hmm. will face Him one day. He will judge. You know what I mean? We need all that so we can have this reverence. It's like we re- revered our fathers, mm-hmm. uh, respected fathers, and we was like, okay. When my dad came home, I tell you what, we 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 couldn't just chill and just hang out on the couch. Mm-hmm. We didn't. We didn't eat up food in a refrigerator and just chilling. And mm-hmm. my dad came home. He come in painted up with his paint clothes, hard work. We firmed up and said, "Okay, the boss is here. Yeah, I need to respect him. Whatever he want me to do, mm-hmm. I, you know, hey, let's do it. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's dad. Yeah, you know, instead of he didn't come home doing spins and like, you know, with a Michael Jackson glove on, all soft and, <laughs> you know, coming in, <laughs> coming in here up there like. So what you're saying is Michael Jackson yeah. was your dad. You wouldn't respect him. Is that That's what you're saying? Pretty much. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Pretty much. That's... <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, man, I don't know if I could uh, respect Michael Jackson as my dad either, bro. So it's no it's, it's no judgment, bro. Yeah, no judgment. No, no shade to MJ, RIP. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Blanket, man, We it's, it's all good. We love yes. you, man. Yes. Shout out. Is, is it Blanket and who else? Uh, I forgot, bro. I forgot. <laughs> is it a girl? It's a little girl, right? Yeah, it's, it's uh, a... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know his kids like that. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, man, I, I feel you on that, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, I feel like, so, I feel like at the end of that, when he was saying, you know, and for every conscious choice of sin, you know, it will be corrected through his discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Hebrew Israelite thing. Mm a lot of what they believe is based out of De- Deuteronomy 28 it talks okay. about if you you know follow me then or you obey my commands then mm-hmm. you'll get x y and z mm-hmm. talks about all the blessings yeah and then it talks about if you disobey all yeah. these curses will be upon you yeah and it you know there's a skit in the album that lead, that uh, that alludes to that mm-hmm. and um and so with that, like, I think that's leading his train of thought. Uh, I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's saying, like, yeah. for every conscious choice of sin, if you don't follow the words of the Lord, mm-hmm. you will be disciplined mm-hmm. physically, mentally, mm-hmm. the way that it taught. I mean, it was 
Yeah, do the wrong. Very descriptive. Yes, yeah. everything in the Old Testament very descriptive about the type of cursings that was going to happen and the things that was going to happen and the way that they would be, you know, put into slavery and the bondage and, mm -hmm. you know, your wife will hate you and, you know, your kids won't respect you mm -hmm. or your, your kids will be taken from you and, you know, you'll you'll plant vineyards and you won't eat of the fruit, you know, all that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, and it, and it talks, it's like almost like generational curses, mm -hmm. you know, and so when he's saying that, that's where he's getting into his Hebrew Israelite ah, type stuff. It's that theology. Yeah. That's the, that, that's the, the theological part of it mm -hmm. and it's just like, it's, I think he's, and I think a lot of people do this. Like if, if you don't necessarily have a, a firm foundation of like what your faith is mm -hmm. and you think it's kind of all the same mm -hmm. or interconnected, yeah. you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Like if you think Hebrew Israelite mm -hmm. relates to Christianity, mm -hmm. it doesn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so he's, he's taking, he's, and what the Hebrew Israelite faith does is they take the Old Testament mm -hmm. um, and they, to my knowledge, yeah. I need to get somebody that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, that's well versed in it. Yeah. But from what my limited knowledge is, they kind of disregard the New Testament. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So they're, so they believe, so like, it's not made, but, but we know in Christianity, like, yeah. we can't hold on to the Old Testament nah. and all those things mm -mm. because Jesus or Yeshua, whatever you want to call him, he came to fulfill. Mm -hmm. The law exactly so if you want to live by like paying for your sins mm -hmm. and living by all these like these these commandments yeah there's like hundreds of commandments bro yeah like can't nobody keep that no. 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 <laughs> but but that's what that's what he's alluding to with mm -hmm. this I'll, that, make, that make a lot of sense yeah what, yeah yeah man so that's it's, it's I, dangerous I see. I see that's that's his hebrew israelite sort of uh that's what i'm saying he's speaking from that world view yeah Onto the uh, what he's seeing in the Christian Christianity. church, yeah. So that's that's what that's why I was like, okay, what is he speaking on that for? I say, ah, mm -hmm. okay, that makes sense now, yeah, and stuff like that. But I know a guy out there, he I debated with him, yeah, he's like, and I was like, you heavy on the Old Testament, right? You know, it's covenant confusion, you know, mm -hmm. so but yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, if you if you choose that covenant, mm -hmm. good luck, good luck <laughs> trying to fulfill it, good luck trying to live up to it, good luck, bro. Yeah. Like, you can have all of that, mm -hmm. all them laws, man. I can't, I can't keep up with it. No, no, I need, I need grace, yeah, I need man. mercy, I need all of that, bro. <laughs> so, he, he goes on to say, Kendrick goes on to say, the wages of sin is death, um, it shall be corrected as a community. Uh, we were taught to pray for our mishaps and he'll forgive you. Yes, this is true, but he'll also reprimand us as well. As a child, I can't recall hearing this in service. Maybe the leaders of the church knew that it would run off churchgoers. So then he gets into, man, what is he saying right there? Are <laughs> you talking about right there? Church? Yeah. Yeah. See, then now you're coming from that worldview. Is just basically he's talking about the exact same thing. Like, hey, you guys, y'all looking at this? And first of all, he's talking. He's a Hebrew Israelite talking mm -hmm. to Christi Christianity, saying, "Hey, y'all, getting it wrong. Getting it wrong. Okay. That's basically if you look at it like that. Okay. And uh, but it feels like in a Christianity camp, speaking mm -hmm. on, you know, the watered down the guy. I can. You know, then it's like, okay, it's more room to just have a, a mm -hmm. bigger discussion. But the fact that he's speaking on. So let's so yeah. let's get out of the Hebrew Israelite yeah. paradigm because that's not where we're at. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so we've established that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, so basically, the watered down part. So, the fact that you don't hear pastors talk about sin. Yeah. Anymore. Exactly. Um, and that seems like a. a a recent type of thing, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like back in the day when we came up as kids, we yeah. was in the church. You heard about sin. You hear about sin and hell. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't. Uncommon. I think what the church is trying to do is compensate from the legalism of the past, and okay. they, you know, they they swing to the other, other side, a little other extreme by being so grace heavy. And I think mm-hmm. the church, if you look at the church as a whole, is considered a bride, is considered a a a, a, a body. And it's like the church go through different, you know, I, I related to like growing up, you go through different phases in life. Mm-hmm. It's the churches that does that, in my opinion, especially in America. First, it was huge on legalism and all of a sudden it became uh, prosperity Then all of a sudden grace heavy. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, to see they call it secret sensitive where you don't bring up the words like sin because your whole goal is to reach more people. You know, so you, you, you're not talking no longer to the church people. Now you're talking to the people that don't know church. So you remove the word sin. You remove the blood of Jesus. Something that this generation can relate to because they're not going to understand our Bible. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's years old. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, and I understand that to a certain extent. It's, uh just don't want to compromise the full full message of the gospel. Yeah. And uh, I, think, I think that's what it is. And nowadays it's true. It's a little bit sin issue consequences of your sin is not mm-hmm. preached as much mm-hmm. and uh, I think I'm assuming he went to a Christianity church a church a Christian church um, and uh, it is it's true I mean we don't we don't talk about I don't think we need to be sin heavy in general though yeah I don't think so either. you know we don't need to be sin heavy. I mean mm-hmm. bottom line you be you can be you, you can be saved and still sin yeah. Everybody's a sin. Everybody, you yeah. know, everybody's saying we saved by everybody's grace. Exempt you know? from that. And no, no, but none of that. So I think we know that, yeah. and I think this world, this people know that. So it's not the goal to tell. So, them. so there's that part. So what? Mm-hmm. What other? So you got, you basically touched on it though. I was mm-hmm. thinking like, what other things are, you know, do you think churches have been watering down mm-hmm. to be able to appear to the like appeal to the masses? You know what I mean? And I think. Uh, it, they adjusted to the times that we in in yeah. a way of like uh, just um, it's it's not so much I wouldn't even say watered down to say emphasis on different topics mm-hmm. you know and this talks about a little bit about the practical things about success mm-hmm. you know your season your harvest your breakthrough mm-hmm. in different forms mm-hmm. your, just your best life now success they become they be, now they're becoming less. <laughs> uh, Preachers of the word of God and more motivational speakers, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and motivational speakers, inspirational life coaches, yeah, which is all good, you know, and uh, yeah, but at the same time, it's you neglecting the full full message of the gospel yeah. a little bit. That's a possibility. So I think it's it's like not so. That's considered watering down, I guess, yeah. a little bit. But uh, that's what that's what I, at least that's what I see. I see the struggle. If you look on TV, especially TV, or you look at, it's more. Um, it's not Christ centric. Mm-hmm. It's more like self focused, self help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Improving yourself. It's not dealing with the consequences. It's not telling the person that you keep doing that, you're not gonna get nowhere. Instead, it's saying God's grace is on you. It's okay. You mm-hmm. are right. 
you just then did what you did. It's let's just not talk about that. No, yeah. we got to talk about that issue. You got God. I know thing about God, Jesus. Before He heals, He reveals mm-hmm. dark, bad, or good. Mm-hmm. You know, and before you can get healed of anything, either forgive somebody or addiction, you got to admit. You got to reveal. You got to hey, listen, this is what I did. I'm sorry. Then the healing process goes on, but. What it seems like is that we don't want to touch on those ideas. We just want to make people feel good about what they're doing. Because it sells. The more we talk about this, yeah. like, and you and I talked about this before, but like, I just, I feel some type of way, bro. Like what? On the inside. <laughs> like, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts to, like, see this happening mm-hmm. and see it not changing. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's accepted, bro. Yeah. To think that Kendrick Lamar, <clears throat> it's just it's, it's messed up, bro. But mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar can say, "For the wages of sin is death." Yeah. But you won't hear that on Sunday morning, bro. No, that's what I'm saying. Like how <laughs> utterly mm-hmm. backward. Not not to say that Kendrick can't say it. Yeah. But how backwards is it that the body mm-hmm. of Christ, the church, mm-hmm. his bride, cannot speak truthfully on Sunday? Mm-hmm. But this man who has, he's just trying to figure out on his own. Yeah. Why is it that he can speak freely? Mm-hmm. But these pastors yeah. aren't doing it. No. What's going on, bro? Yeah, it's because. Of... <laughs> what's no, what, no, what's what's really going, what's really on, going right on right now, man? Man, I know it's, it's deep. Um, oh man, there's so much to speak on, and I, just, I, I can keep it real, real. I'm keep here. it one thousand, um, because there's. Yeah, because like the other question, like I said, I don't know mm-hmm. if I said it in the beginning already, but yeah. like, why are millennials yeah. not going to church as much? Yeah. You know, compared to the last generation, like it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Me and you see it. Yeah, me and you struggle with it. Yeah, you know, yeah. as being growing up in the church, as mm-hmm. fully committed followers of Christ, mm-hmm. it's tough. Yeah. So what what's going on, man? One thing I want to hit on too is that our past generation, like your your dad, my dad, yeah, that generation, whatever they was raised, whatever you were told, you do. You yeah. don't question it. You don't question that. You know, whatever you was taught in church, whatever he's taught in the <clears> home, <throat> you don't question it, you respect, you 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 do. So we went along. I think this generation is a little bit I call it the information generation. Oh yeah. Where the things of that used to be secret or the things that like the truth was hidden because we didn't have google we didn't have this we didn't have youtube we didn't have outspoken people it's hard to hide uh like even politicians to hide their little secret sins mm-hmm. now because it's just like it's very difficult to can't hide. nobody hide nothing you can't hide nothing yeah. so what i'm saying this is an information generation that means you got to be more real you got to be more real with this generation we're looking for something authentic the old stuff ain't gonna work. Mm-hmm. They, you know, people can see through uh, the season hard to break through. So that being going back to like, man, this generation uh, is different from our father's generation. Mm-hmm. That we question things now. We're th- little bit of thinkers. We question things, and they call it rebellion. But uh, at the same time, when you have Google, when you have YouTube uh, schooling you up on uh, hit, true history. You can, you can go and look at, people say you can't believe anything on the internet, but that's saying basically you can't believe anything you was brought up in school with either. That's true. You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is that we taught one thing in, in school, we taught one thing, um, and we grow up thinking 
that was true. This generation grew up to think that's true. Now that we're information generation, we realize that the stuff we taught was a lie. Ah, we taught really about Christopher Columbus, mm -hmm. really about our forefathers. Was this a really a Christian nation? No, it wasn't no Christian nation. You know, all this type of stuff. We really, no, they was messing around with some other stuff. Mm -hmm. Plus, they, how you go enslave people and call them, um, no, they're not considered humans. Well, you know what I mean? That came from the Church of England. That's, that's deep. Mm -hmm. That's deep. Manifest Destiny? Yeah. That came from the Pope. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, you can, you can be Christian and be mad racist, bro. See. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like yeah. a lot of that stuff, a lot of those trains of thought came from the church. Unfortunately, and and that's crazy to think that's about crazy. that. So basically, we this is a generation, and everything they told, they don't just fall in line and do it. It's like I don't know. I gotta Google that. <laughs> Let me check real quick. Right. Or were they kind of woke already and saying, man, no, that's that's a that's a lie. Or are we we're so we're exposed to more information. Yeah. So if we ask questions. Mm -hmm. And we don't get answers yeah. from those in the church or whatever. The church and authority, we then we gonna, bounce. We're going to be like, all right, who got the answer? I'm yeah. trying to figure something out. Yeah. And you're not giving me no answers. Yeah. You said harvest season breakthrough. Yeah. Ain't nothing happening. Ain't nothing happening. Man. Only season I know, football season coming up yep. in September. Yeah. That's what season in November. Uh, what a, yeah. what a season What what season of mine is? Yeah. That ain't my season. That's yeah. their season. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, bro. So I, I think that's what it is. And I think it's just a totally different generation of just like, yeah, like, give me that real. You know, don't hide nothing from me. Just give me that real. I'm going through some stuff, man. Right. I'm going through, I'm going through some stuff you ain't speaking on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, give me that. You know, give me that real. So I think that's, that's what it is. I think we just kind of a little bit more awoke and... You know, whatever you want to say it, I call it informed. Um, and uh, little, like like you were saying in, in some of your experiences, it's like you want to hear certain topics to be brought up, mm -hmm. things to be talked about, what's going on in our society. We can't turn a blind eye to. Yeah. Got to discuss these things, especially in the specific um, cases of the whole Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, and all mm -hmm. that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, like, I think that needs to be discussed in a biblical worldview, but it needs to be discussed and it needs to be, con it needs to be, because I'm hearing some white preachers that's talking about black issues and they have a white congregation, but they saying, hey, listen, we do need to acknowledge there is some off balance. There is something that we do need to acknowledge that black people are looked at different from white people. Mm -hmm. We got to consider the history that's been taking place. And I'm impressed and I salute those people as willing to talk about that mm -hmm. for months. You know, it's a pastor, Judas Smith, up in the city church in Seattle. Mm -hmm. You know, most of his congregation is white, but he's talking about these issues. And I think people are flocking to his church because he's not afraid to come up with mm -hmm. these issues and talk about real life and stuff like that. Yeah. So he got a lot of millennials at his church. Because he's talking about that real. Because he's talking about that real. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. And um, yeah, even at my church, we brought we did a whole series on like it's a white church, mm -hmm. and the, the Rockwood is one of the most diverse little cities. Like eight, 80 different languages in like a couple block radius. Wow. You know what I mean? Rockwood over here in Gresham, like yeah, you got you got Puerto Ricans, you got blacks, you got Mexicans. Rockwood was known for having Mexicans, all that type of stuff. But no, you have, when we was out in the street doing pizza and prayer, we was like, dang, I thought I was going to see a whole bunch of um, Mexicans. I started seeing black folks, mm -hmm. which I was happy to see mm -hmm. in Gresham. And uh, I started seeing uh, K 
cats that look look like they white speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I was like, where are you from? You know, Dominican Republican. Uh, what do you, I don't know. You name it. Yeah. You have just a whole different languages, Asian, everything like that. So he had a whole panel saying, man, you know, my mom got to even speak about mm-hmm. her experience. My brother got to speak about her experience being black in a, in, in a white country, mm-hmm. in the history, and how it is different. So people flocked it. It made a lot of people feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, our pastor's like, hey, we want to get to this level where we want to talk about these issues. These are real issues. We can't mm-hmm. ignore them. Mm-hmm. We serve this community. And that's attractive to millennials. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. So it sounds like the older style is definitely out of style. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work. So, And it's not so much the old school style only, though. Well, yeah, not the old school style, but like if if you have a posture of not talking about what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Because we got to think about it, bro. Like, Because we're in the middle of it, I don't think we realize like mm-hmm. how heavy of a time that we're in. Mm-hmm. Like, this is... I feel like this right here, this 2000, mm-hmm. you know, teens, whatever, mm-hmm. is like going to be talked about like the 70s. Possibly. No, it is. No, I, I believe it is. You know what I mean? No, like yeah. with all the, with the rising, mm-hmm. just the way that social media has shifted mm-hmm. in the past three, four years to being pretty much all video oriented. It's mm-hmm. not just YouTube. Mm-hmm. Everything on Facebook is videos. Everything on Instagram, a lot of it is, is oh, videos now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and Snapchat and everything else. Everything is video. So... With the killings mm-hmm. and the footage just being, you know, going viral and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And just with Trump becoming the president. And mm-hmm. like, this is a crazy time. It is a crazy time. And so it's like, you hear it, you know, you see it on social media, you hear it everywhere around you. Mm-hmm. I always struggle with like, is it, is it the church's responsibility to, mm-hmm. to, you know, be a current events type of, yeah. you know, keep keeping up with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or she just preached because like people do need the gospel. Yeah. And I feel like you can talk about current events and then relate it to the gospel. I believe it's in the gospel. The gospels, you can have the gospel in that. Oh yeah, for sure. You no, know, for sure. People don't think though, think that though. Mm-hmm. You know, the message is the, this message, the message, the Bible, it, it's relevant to any generation. Like, right. You know what I mean? Book of, book of Ephesians talk about ethnicity. It talks about, that's the whole point of Ephesians is saying, Hey, you Gentiles, you Jews, y'all can't be discriminated. Y'all got to come together. Mm-hmm. It's one body, one. And they dealt with that issue. Mm-hmm. It's all up in the Bible. Yeah. You know, the issues that we deal with. And, uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, yeah. Well, I like like what y'all doing, man. You know what I mean? Reaching out, mm-hmm. hitting the streets. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're in a diverse area, so you yeah. can't help but serve a diverse exactly. group of people. Because that's one of the things that you know, that kind of, it, it hurts me as well as like just seeing how segregated the church still is yeah, in 2017. 2017. You man. know what I mean? Still. An all black church, all white church. All Mexican. All, all Mexicans, you know. And it'll, and, and it'll, you know, these churches will exist in mm-hmm. diverse neighborhoods. Yeah. But they still, everybody goes to their own corner. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, it's tough, man. And so, and I think, millennials like we we're accepting of each other mm-hmm. like we're not as like we because mm-hmm. we didn't go through the 70s yeah. and like we didn't live through se- segregation mm-hmm. you know we don't have as much of that angst built up mm-hmm. like they did like yeah. like our like our parents and then like 
they had to do that. Yeah. They had to retreat to their yeah. corner. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just to be safe. Yeah. And to speak what you're speaking on, like, man, what our parents grew up with back in the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. I used to envy those times. Like, man, I wish I was a part of that. Or, you know, back in the day, I was like, that time of my brothers, we would watch some movies back in the day and documentaries. We'd be like, man, you know, because I believe, you know, I'm a, I was, I was built to be a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, man, it seemed like those times people, like the black community was so together. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, you kind of envy. But the, the thing is, it's like, I don't know, that's coming around. It's coming back around. History is repeating itself. Unfortunately. Think, you know? It shouldn't be, though. It shouldn't be, but <laughs> it's at the same time, it's like, uh, yeah, history is repeating itself. And this one one quote that I heard from, this is a Christian rapper named The Truth. Okay. And uh, he said this. He says, the, 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 the leaders of the civil rights movement was black churches. Right. And he says, um, but that was the problem. It was just black churches. True. We're supposed to be Christians. Right. But he says the white church stayed out of it. And that's what he says. It's 217. It's still that. It's issue. still the same. It's actually the same. So that's the problem. History's repeating itself. Like, and, yeah. it sh- and it shouldn't it be. Should that's be. not a good thing. No. And but I'm not- saying we now we got a bigger voice. You know what I mean? Uh, people got a bigger voice. And we had differences on how this could be addressed. We did. On Instagram. We did. <laughs> Bro, when, when, how long ago was that? I don't know. It was, that was a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a couple years ago. And the, the point I was trying to make is that I see and I have relatives mm-hmm. that's willing to drop everything now become civil rights activists. Mm-hmm. They drop in everything. And I saw, yeah, yeah, saw us become civil rights act- activists. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, yeah, and I said, all right, this is a huge distraction right now. Let's put it in perspective. Okay. You know, let's put it into perspective. It's a huge distraction. You got black lives, not all lives matter. Mm-hmm. It's like you got Democrat and we got Republican. Mm-hmm. The whole goal, I believe, of the of the opposition is to is to fight a war like this 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 war called preoccupied warfare, and we miss what truly what we need to do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? As as a Christians, as believers, I believe we need to mention and talk about the injustice that's going on because. Christians should be all about people, mm-hmm. black, white. If, if, if there's an oppressed people like the black folks, like mm-hmm. we are, like when it comes to, we're you know, it's white privilege, mm-hmm. and the white people don't acknowledge that and realize that, and black people saying, listen, we do matter, you know. And I'm not for the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Wh- whoever started that, I don't, I don't really, you know. What 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 would, what would lead you to come to that conclusion? What. Of not being for it. Not being for the Black Lives Movement. Yeah. Because, um, because it fell in. I, I wish I could have a better discussion because it puts me in a box. Mm-hmm. And it frustrated me to see all lives matter as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not for the all lives movement. All, mm-hmm. all lives matter. Because I believe that's just a racist statement in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, but I, I did write a friend. I said the reason why we do say Black Lives Matter is because for generations after generation. We wasn't considered human. Mm-hmm. Laws and infrastructures was set up against us to prevent us to come up to the same level as white man. Mm-hmm. So we saying we matter because from then and now we we don't matter. Right. So that's the reason why we say it. Now I know the reason why, but about the the, the ladies or the group of ladies who started the official Black Lives Matter, I don't I'm 
not too. I don't agree where they come. From. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't rock with that actual yeah. group, that organization, because yeah. mm-hmm. they got some other stuff going on. Yeah, and that you know, do what you do. Yeah, you know that's that's cool. Raise awareness, um, but in general, um, and like kind of like with my my last few topics on the podcast is like, you know, racial deconstruction. You know, I'm I'm, I'm all about just tearing down all those barriers that yeah. don't need to be up. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as race being a social construct and all that. Um, but back when we had that little, mm-hmm. you know, uh, discussion, mm-hmm. you know, it it was more of a, I'm trying to remember what it was the, the, I think about. The, the big meat was the fact that when Jesus came, uh-huh. it was more slavery and it was racial discrimination and it was uh, the world was ran by one world government, which is the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. The condition was worse. The condition where it's going to. Mm-hmm. Like the, you see the where we the, you talking about the Catholic Church, the one world religion, one world government. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the end goal of the power of the that be, like people in power. They trying mm-hmm. to have that history. History can't help but repeat repeat itself. Mm-hmm. And I said when Jesus came, Paul and them <clears throat> was not sitting there advocating. They wasn't locked in a box for the slaves to let slaves free. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for the you know that was it wasn't advocating. For like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that, but you know what they was advocating is for human souls, and that's what I was talking about. They was like for human souls, and each person, whether you reach a white person or a black person, if you reach them for Jesus, hopefully, their heart will change mm-hmm. to to take up for the the, the least of these, the mm-hmm. black folks. I think all can. So I think yeah. it's coming back to me. I think where I was coming from with that was, um, in in my support for Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Was okay. There's nothing wrong with evangelizing, mm-hmm. but also in that work, mm-hmm. um, part of that work is attending to someone's immediate need. Yeah. So someone is feeling like depressed, mm-hmm. or feeling unwanted, or feeling suicidal mm-hmm. because they feel like they don't matter, and society is telling them that. Mm-hmm. You know, for you to console them or speak to them in that place. Mm-hmm. And support them in that place. Mm-hmm. It may not be the most overtly evangelistic type of thing, mm-hmm. but that is a part of the work of yeah. evangelism and the work of just helping out your fellow brother. Yeah, you know. And so there's, to me, there was no, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Because if if we didn't, if we didn't look out for the basic needs mm-hmm. of our of our fellow man, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have had the civil rights movement. Yeah. So I mean, it, yeah. so it, it it wasn't in the civil rights movement. It came from MLK. I'm not came from MLK, but no, he was the you know yeah. the figurehead of that. Mm-hmm. And um, he and he it it was because of the gospel yeah. that he was trying to you know seek equality, yeah. seek fair like fair treatment mm-hmm. for everybody. Mm-hmm. That is that comes that flows from the gospel. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever, and it doesn't have to be. Overtly, I'm preaching Jesus, Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus down your. And what I like about MLK, he stood up for all people. Mm-hmm. And with the gospel, he did. You know, like he he. he but he but he definitely he was, was speaking up for for the blacks. Yeah, for, for sure. But at the same time, if you listen to the message, they they try to box him in too, and saying he was just for the blacks, but he was for all people as well, which to me is more potent. No, but he, I mean, but he was for the blacks, so you can't, no, you can't uh-huh, ignore uh-huh. that. No, you can't ignore that. Because that's, that's what, I mean, he that's, was a part of those organizations because yeah. they were going on strikes and they mm-hmm. were, you know, for 
those causes for yeah. equal rights. Mm-hmm. You no, know, if equal was. rights weren't for white people. He was fighting for equal rights, for equal blacks. rights for black people. Yeah, yeah. white people didn't, wasn't they? they pr- it was privilege. He yeah. knew that. He took a, and also MLK got inspired too from uh, from a multiple source. He's an educated dude. Oh yeah, Gandhi. Yeah, and stuff like that, and and stuff like he studied how he did it because just because it ain't Christianity, it's still a principle of Jesus mm-hmm. of like and nonviolence and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I, I was saying, what if MLK didn't? What if civil rights didn't? And we still in the same condition. What if they didn't what? Didn't MLK didn't start a revolution to make a sacrifice, mm-hmm. literally, for us to have way more freedoms, more rights, and uh, to yeah to have a, a, a somewhat of a voice. Mm-hmm. What if they? What if these some of the leaders, the Rosa Parks, and what if they did not stand? And if they didn't, obviously we, we'd be in an even worse situation. But I'm mm-hmm. saying, for Christians, the game is still the same. It's touching each soul mm-hmm. and touching humanity at a time. Because even the Bible gives us instruction: if you are a slave, you know what I mean. This is how you. This is how you uh, honor God as a slave. But we, you know, we're not slaves. No, <laughs> no, we're not slaves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Praise God. You know, you know? and I and I, I was thankful for MLK. I'm thankful what he did. Mm-hmm. I just I saw the when Black Lives Movement. I saw these. Um, these MLKs is rising up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Want to be MLKs rising up, mm-hmm. you know? So, so you you went with the the wannabe MLKs, not the wannabes. I mean, because to me, like I said, as as a, as a community, as a group, I believe that what I wish the energy for Black Lives Matter and marching mm-hmm. will literally we can transfer that energy and really talk about the epidemic of our culture, the curse of our culture. And what's that? And that's with fatherlessness, the Willie Lynch syndrome. Uh, whose culture? Black culture. Okay. Yeah. Because of slavery and because of the indoctrination mm-hmm. of where, like, the male figure, like Willie Lynch, I got his book, you know, and it, he said, if you try, if you do this specific method, mm-hmm. then it will last hundreds of, gen- hundreds of generations, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you see that, and that's why when I talk to my white friends, they, like, they don't get it. I, t- I explain them. Listen, mm-hmm. you understand. The reason why is fatherlessness in the home. The reason why the mom a lot of times is stronger than the male figure is because you got to understand through slavery, that's the whole point of what Willie Lynch wanted to do is to break the strong male figure. It's oh, to yeah. have them tied up, put tar on them, put feathers on them, and let, whip the horses and let them split in half, set on fire mm-hmm. in front of the young male mm-hmm. so he can see... I can't rise up. I can't stand up. Mm-hmm. So his goal was to make the woman independent and the male dependent. Mm-hmm. And you see that within the home of the black black culture, we need to educate ourselves. All that energy of saying instead of saying white people, y'all need to. We need to let y'all know we matter. Instead, we need to add that have that same energy and mm-hmm. say, hey, black folks, don't fall for that that Lynch syndrome. Mm-hmm. Let's rise up. Let's get some. Let's get informed. Let's stay woke. Mm-hmm. Let's get educated and stuff like that. Because the same people that's marching for Black Lives Matter, some of the fathers that was in that march probably got some kids they need to take care of. You see what I'm saying? Okay. I'm just being real. Like they had like Black Lives Matter. I'm like your child matter. If you want your, if you want Black Lives to matter, then mm-hmm. go ahead and raise your kid. I think that's a little. I mean, that's that's just an assumption though. It is an assumption, but statistically. I have to be accurate at least one time on one of those marches. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's a slippery slope because you, you really don't know. 
I, I don't know. You, you know, know what I mean? You don't. But so it's just like you're kind of projecting that mm-hmm. onto everybody, every situation that you mm-hmm. see at large, mm-hmm. but that may not necessarily be the case. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, I get it. I get it. It, it, it. It's definitely not the. It's definitely a generalization, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there is, there is a reality of that. Of that, like just something to think about. Like, but all right. Know? So, but but think about this. I mean, I think we all, as African Americans, um, we all recognize the need to uh, take responsibility mm-hmm. for what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think we do that to a fairly good you know good degree. Um, but what the marches have always been about are the things that we can't control, mm-hmm. the outside forces that want to keep us down, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and trying to fight against that mm-hmm. and rise up against that so our kids can have a better future so that they're not fighting that same fight mm-hmm. 50 years later. Yeah. And so when you read you know, uh, MLK's letter from a Birmingham jail, mm-hmm. He's he's frustrated at everybody. He's frustrated at his own people mm-hmm. who are what you with the Willie Lynch syndrome were yeah. too apathetic mm-hmm. to rise up. Mm-hmm. He, but his his main frustration was the the white Christian. Would say the white Christian moderate. That's my main frustration. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that was his main frustration. Mm-hmm. He was like, "You're supposed to be my brother in Christ, mm-hmm. yet you're telling me." I'm causing too much commotion. Mm-hmm. I need to stand down. Mm-hmm. I'm an agitator from the outside. Mm-hmm. Like you are mm-hmm. supposed to be locking arms with me. Mm-hmm. And you, like you of all people yeah. who should be able to come and lock arms with me, you are giving me the most resistance. Mm-hmm. He says, not the KKK. No. You know, it's, yeah. it's the Christian white moderate. Yeah. That's- and, and that right there is just, it hurt. So, and when, when you see things that are going on, mm-hmm. You think like, will we ever? Is it even worth fighting, bro? That's that was my that was my main point. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Is it is yeah. it worth fighting? I feel like it's a worthy fight, but like, what's the best way to attack it? Mm-hmm. As far as in the church, yeah. Because we see it, mm-hmm. but we love God, mm-hmm. and this is our family. For better or for worse. Yeah. And we not we not changing that position. Yeah. But for those that are on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. what can we do to make sure that because honestly it is sometimes it comes to a point where it's like, man, it's hard for me to evangelize or like field questions mm-hmm. when people point out these things that are obvious. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, I don't know, bro. Yeah. Like it's a lot of racist people mm-hmm. in the church. Like, well, bro. I'm only trying to be with people who ain't racist, so I'm good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's just like how do you how do you remedy that? You know? Uh, yeah. Uh, to me, in my opinion, I think what what it is, we kind of yeah. Depend. It depends what you want to give them. I guess that's mm-hmm. what we're saying. The millennials hungry for. We live in a generation now. Yeah. That want to stand up for a cause. We are a cause driven generation. True. Black, white, it don't matter. We, it's this millennial. We got to, uh, especially in the Northwest. Huge with number one a nonprofit organization, but causes and stuff cause sales too. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Not to say that's the motive, but we live. Young people in this generation want to stand up for something, right? And they want a cause. They want they want something like, you know. So at, at the same time, what cause do we feed them? Do we you know? It, the appetite is going to get mad. It's going they're going to be satiated, but it depending on what call cause. 
Mm-hmm. You want to you want to do a civil rights cause, Black Lives Matter cause, under the guise of a Christian worldview, which is okay. Mm-hmm. But then, or do you want just you know, it's what cause you give them? Or do you want to just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying though? No, I feel you. Like they may have messed with you, whatever cause you got going on, because I think they see, okay, these churches they they going into buildings and stuff like that, but they they're not doing nothing in the community. What about you know? They're not saying anything. They're not saying enough. They're not being real enough. They just talking so about. So they can't get with the cause. Yeah, they can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and and I, I believe, like, that's the reason why we was able to reach so many people during a time when you came to one of my Friday night fellowships and stuff like that. It's like thirty five. We just tell them this is a war. You know, the war is souls. They coming out of the clubs, they coming out, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. They coming out of the straight up, whatever. They coming over my house, we give them the gospel, they getting saved. Mm-hmm. They getting like, cool, man, let's let's go to war. Mm-hmm. That was attractive. People want purpose because we built to have purpose. We want real purpose. You know what I mean? So you feed them that truth, their real purpose, they go stand up for something and, that, and I said like this is a war. But the war I didn't sell them on, especially I wish majority there was white. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The war but they was cultured white. They wasn't just white. Just you no, know, they had black friends. They 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 was they was hip. They mm-hmm. knew, you know they 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 understood the the uh, you know they understood that man black. They knew white privilege. They knew that existed. Mm-hmm. They they understood. You know that's the cool. That's the demographic we reached. Those type of white people. But at the same mm-hmm. time, we gave them a cause, and it was like down to do it. And it wasn't fed no civil rights cause. It was a cause for human life. Like the same way the enemy try to shame you, whether you rape by racism. I'm a victim of some. You you are too. I know. Mm-hmm. But when I see certain things going on, like in 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 and to me the white Christians don't get it. Mm-hmm. That pisses me off. Mm-hmm. That makes me frustrated. Mm-hmm. It does. Trust me. Everything in me is hard not to. This is hard not to be emotional when it comes to you know my people. Of being treated a certain way, just like a dude in freaking Extricator <laughs> came in the store with his with a head, chopped off his girlfriend's head. Came this is yesterday. Came in the store yesterday at two p.m. Came in the store, blood everywhere. Uh, stabbed one person, killed them. Second person stabbed. Got to get life lighted. Guess what they did to him? White male, crazies all get up. They took him in for evaluation. Now, if that dude was black, we know he would have been shot on sight. For sure. So what I'm saying, that makes me frustrated. That makes me angry. Mm-hmm. But it, I can see that my emotions can lead me towards a cause that is not eternal. Mm-hmm. I'm probably getting, is it too deep or whatever? No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, a cause that's not eternal. And, it, it can, and I want to fight that cause that's here and now. And that's okay to fight for here and now. I believe in both. But my emotions are getting the best of me. Then i got to go back to the truth. Okay, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go back to the truth. This it's about the eternal hope. That's why, if like it is a waste of time to try to get white people to understand and us to come together. That's just how it is. That just that was going to be. That don't mean you don't stand up and do nothing. You do things, but with the mind and the world view that the bottom line is that Jesus predicted that this world ain't could be united. It ain't could be all peace on earth. When it gets like that, that's when we it should be scary. Because it'd be, we'd be all like, you know, that's what they're trying to do. One world peace. You see in advertisement, you see equality is the new thing. Equality in religions. You got a lot of Christian churches bowed down to the Catholic church now. 
and become one world religion. That's a that's a slippery slope. It is a slippery that's slope. A, that's a different conversation. It is a totally different conversation. Yeah, but they yeah. bound down to the Catholic Church. Christian uh, charismatics are just like Pope. Yeah, cool. We need to come together. They call it ecumenical, you know, movement that's going. On. That's the uprising of the church right now. And you're gonna see huge churches. You're gonna see huge ministers that are saying, okay, we all just need to forget. We need to unite with the Muslims. We need to unite. You know, all that type of stuff. You see that's going on. It's crazy. I'm, my, my ear and my eyes in that. So what I'm saying that it's scary when you even get to the point that you're trying to fight for. But we need to get back to the real fight. And that's my biggest thing. And, uh, and the real fight is each soul at a time for eternal purposes. Because this world, is when it comes down to come down, it's not our home. I learned that at an early age because I, mm -hmm. I grew up in trauma. Mm -hmm. The whole story was in foster care, for, foster care for two years. I don't know if you know my background. Mm -mm. I didn't know that part. <laughs> yeah, everybody think, oh, you got two parents in a home, they're cool. Yeah, but nobody really know the story that went on. We, in South Central LA, we grew up in a in a, um, a cult. You know what I mean? Then we mm. moved. That's how we even got to Oregon. Mm. You know what I mean? So, and uh, and uh, fifty three kids up in Sandy, Oregon, in a one in a two bedroom house, fifty three kids, and we all fifty three of us sat there and watched a girl get beat to death. And the cops came down, bust down the door, took us foster home. And our our parents was in California, oversight by adults, you know, and uh, and went through foster care, went through all the little drama and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I realized at an early age, this world ain't my home. Mm -hmm. The trauma I went through, the stuff that I saw, like this is my introduction to life. Mm -hmm. Then when I got a hold of the truth, I was like, that's the war I'm going to fight. And that's the reason why I come with that perspective of, Let's not, as black people, get caught up in that. Black Christian, I really talk, I, I talk a lot to a believer. Mm -hmm. I talk a lot to the believer because they have, they, they have more of a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Non-believers, it's okay, you know what I mean? Do your thing. But believers, we're we supposed to be the enlightened ones. Mm -hmm. So black people, don't get caught up in that. White people, y'all need to have empathy. Y'all need to realize, you know, be like Jesus a little bit more in that. You mm -hmm. know, not all white people, but and not all blacks, but. Yeah, I said a lot though. I no, I feel you. That was, that was all good, bro. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about the the cult thing. And, oh yeah, I mean that's crazy, bro. How old were you? I was uh, I was five Man. at that time. Yeah, five. And we were supposed to be up there for this for the summer. Mm -hmm. And uh, my parents came up there. They said, "Come get your kids. Mm -hmm. Y'all can get your kids. Go home." They brought up a one night's worth. Then all of a sudden, no, they didn't go home. We were supposed to go back to L.A., but no. So pretty much it was a migration up here, and we stayed. They tried to get custody of us for two years, mm -hmm. and they eventually did. By the time we met, mm -hmm. we was like fresh a year or two out of my foster home. My dad, coming from a cult, coming from, you know, going hard. First, start off with Christianity. Mm -hmm. It was a black church. It was good. The spirit was moving. Mm -hmm. It was a leader. Started getting more exclusive and got weird, and... And crazy stuff happened in that, and uh, yeah, but he went to my, he went to the the, uh, the church. That's where we met, mm -hmm. and uh, he tried to give it a go. Then he got a little something happened there, mm -hmm. uh, something political happened. He felt, and it hurt his soul. Like, mm -hmm. okay, boom. So we stepped out of the church for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that was five, and yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy, bro. Yeah, man. That's why I'm a radical dude. I feel you, That's man. You've you been through, you, you done seen some things mm -hmm. that most mm -hmm. people will never ever see in their life, bro. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. My, so my, my angle to kind of piggyback off what you were saying mm -hmm. is um, my, my message is, is, 
is for the church as well from time to time. Mm-hmm. And and the message of because like you said, you know, black people we need to do this. White people you need to be sympathetic. And mm-hmm. my thing is it should not be separate. It shouldn't. And I feel like if we continue to accept separateness, mm-hmm. I see. Yes, nothing will ever change. But I feel like things get stronger though, man. Things can change. Yeah. Make but ain't stronger. no ain't no separate but equal. Mm-hmm. Not not in the body. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My arm can't work if it's not connected to my shoulder. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just not gonna happen. And so, so that's that's my whole I believe thought in that process. Fight. I believe in that fight. You know what I mean? Because right because <clears throat> if anything. If any group of people can show love to the world, can show you the right way to do if you if any group of people has a blueprint mm-hmm. of a cohesive worldview that makes sense from beginning to end, yeah, that can show you what reconciliation looks like, mm-hmm. what you know equality looks like, mm-hmm. what unity looks like, mm-hmm. we got the blueprint. Mm-hmm. We have the power. Mm-hmm. We claim to have the Holy Spirit, yeah, but we're not working together. Mm. We can do it. Mm-hmm. We have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But we accept white church, black church. Hey, that's their struggle. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about their struggle. Hey, guys, pay attention to their struggle because they're struggling. Mm-hmm. Be nice. Mm-hmm. Have sympathy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guys, play nice. <laughs> that's real. But don't invite them into your home. Mm-hmm. Don't create an evangel- evangelistic program that promotes having multi multi having a multicultural yeah. church don't actually become brothers and sisters just know how to deal with these people mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying i get it man i agree with that and so that's that's where i'm at with this whole this this racial divide that we have mm-hmm. we're not going to change the country yeah but we can change us no i, I agree with that you know yeah it's not just about black people pulling themselves up by that bootstrap because we can't yeah it will never happen mm-hmm. we don't have we don't have the, the numbers mm-hmm. we don't have the influence we don't have the infrastructure mm-hmm. to do it mm-hmm. it just can't happen mm-hmm. we can't I mean we can we can march all we want to it's not gonna change nothing mm-hmm. because the people in power are gonna make those changes and create whatever opportunity they wanna create for the people that are underneath mm-hmm. and so that's that's my thing, bro. And, and you know what? I agree hundred percent with that. I believe that is worth fighting for. Yes. And you're right. If we consider a we continue to acknowledge, mm-hmm. even in our language, like you were saying, to, to acknowledge the separation, y'all hate blacks and what that's that's insane that we gotta even I have to even say that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's that's worth fighting for because that right there, if we fight for that and I believe that can change. Mm-hmm. I believe that that can progress. I believe then we, I believe we can get stronger. Yeah, you know, and everybody will get stronger in that black, white, masculine, whatever yeah. you are, yeah. whatever your ethnicity is. Yeah. Everybody gets stronger, but the body. Yeah, uh, like you said, most importantly, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because I can liberate whatever group of people, or whatever. But then, if they, if, then if we turn around. <laughs> And do the same thing to everybody else, yeah. and they're gonna have a movement. Hey, white lives matter. You guys are oppressing us. We're minorities in the world. Like, all right, man. Like we've done this. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. But yeah, man. Mm-hmm. So, no, I agree with that. That's 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 worth fighting for. I mean, that to me, that's where my biggest frustration. Mm-hmm. You know, is that it's like, come on, is seeing 
the lack. I'm like, man, you a believer though. You a believer, and you speaking, you you so political. I, mm-hmm. I was like, you more political than biblical. That's why I always say we're political than spiritual. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's why politics sometimes can just corrupt our worldview a little bit, our Christian worldview, and uh, lack of empathy toward, towards people. And I, what I'm talking about is my white friends that don't understand. I love talking to them and educating them and being open. But when you, so you, you, you Republican, I mean, because you're a Christian. So you have to. That's what get me too. It's when Jesus said, watch out for the leaven of Herod and watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees. Those are two different type of groups, but almost the same. The leaven of Herod represents politics. Mm-hmm. Don't let that inside the church just go corrupted. Mm-hmm. And the leaven of uh, Pharisees as religious institution, I believe modern day language is Catholicism yeah. infiltrating the church. So yes. he says, watch out for that. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to speak to people. Let's not be so political thinking we're going to win it in the White House. You know what I mean? That's not the house that God died for. He died for the house, the local church. That's where we For evangelical right? Christian, that term is synonymous with politics, with Republican, Republican and that's frustrating. It's terrible. Man. Yeah, it's so terrible. I mean, man. That, that 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 makes me. Like, you don't know, man. No, I feel you, bro. Like, I, I feel I, you. I, it's, uh, it's tough, man. It's like, man, like, and it's supposed t- to be my family. Yeah, y'all. that's what I mean. Come on, man. Come on, man. It's like then all of a sudden you gotta back Trump since. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I'm a Christian, so I gotta. You know, it's ridiculous, man. No, no. Like, oh, then you excuse, <laughs> you excuse all the other. Uh, don't get me started. I'm yeah, good. I'm good. yeah, that's, good. that's yeah, another that's rabbit hole thing. We we went. I don't know where we went, but we went somewhere else. <laughs> we was, I guess, we were supposed to come to this point, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, I, I think that's a good good place to to end it, man. Mm-hmm. It's just like, why why are millennials straying away or not straying away, but just like not attracted mm-hmm. to the church other than spiritual reasons I think it's just like what Kendrick was saying what he sees on Sunday mm-hmm. it's the same old song and dance mm-hmm. the message hasn't changed mm-hmm. it's not speaking directly to what's going on in the world mm-hmm. so um, we gotta be that change we gotta be that change yeah and also just we're at one bit is Kendrick that's one side of the argument too is yeah. also believe this is a generation that's uh, with social media media heavy yep so we connected on social media but the most disconnected culture in, in ever supposedly mm. um statistically people deal with more depression than ever people feeling more lonely than ever but they got millions and thousands of followers but mm-hmm. they feel more lonely than ever they interact mostly on online which is nothing wrong with social media but i'm saying that something that never gets old and i think the church need it also can be more of a community Mm-hmm. You know, they, people looking for real authentic relationships. They looking for authentic truth, like mm-hmm. what we talked about tonight. Mm-hmm. And they also looking for like a straight up community doing life for real with people. Mm-hmm. Don't matter what age or stage you at, accept it, and accept it as you are too. That's the name of our church, as is. Accept it as is. Mm-hmm. Give people room to have a journey instead of have to. As soon as you walk in the church, you got to clean up. You know, and uh, give people room to have a journey and to be able to walk with them and talk with them, even if they don't believe, you know what I mean? 
believe what you believe yet, and they're trying to figure this whole Christianity thing out. But look, still welcome in the fold. And I believe uh, church, a lot of churches are turning that, but that's what millennials are looking for, too. They're looking for authentic. The program of church ain't going to work in this generation, bottom line. It's not working. So, and it's not working. So Yeah. Anyway. That's what I'm going to say that. I, yeah, think, I think we answered some questions <laughs> and questioned our own questions. Questioned our own questions and also yeah. topics that, man, it seems like we need to discuss even more. So. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. But this won't be the last time. No. Yes, sir. <laughs> so tell the people how they can get a hold of you, man. Well, you can get a hold of me. Um, Hello, you can uh, follow me at, let me see, I got so many social medias, but what Hello, you want, you can get a hold of me at, uh, I, I speak about health. And uh, for the body of Christ, I believe we don't cover this area of health. That's another thing. But, um, you can at life100.life on Instagram. And you can follow me on lee.l and um, fantroy on Instagram. So, yep. So hit him up, man. Uh, he will show you how to make all of the cleanest green smoothies. Mm. And uh, yeah, get, get your body right. Because. Yeah, body price is out of shape. I gotta say, man, we gotta we gotta tighten up. Mm -hmm. But until next time, y'all, appreciate y'all for listening yes. once again. Thanks for sandals. Oh man, no doubt, man. Yeah. You know this ain't the last time, bro. <laughs> All right, y'all, peace out. Hello, baby.